It is January of 2007. Reed Hastings sits impatiently in the sleek conference room at Netflix's new headquarters. He's waiting for the next in a string of tech journalists to come in and see what he's up to. You see, these days, Reed Hastings is a big deal in Silicon Valley. If he tells a reporter he's working on something, he knows they'll come by to see what he's up to. They always do. The door opens, and a skinny 30-something reporter in black jeans and a turtleneck walks in. Hey, come on in. Hi, Reed. So what are you up to now? Take a seat. I got something I think will knock your socks off. This is our streaming app. We call it Watch Instantly. All you do is load it on your laptop and watch this. The app loads flawlessly. Hastings chooses a movie from a list of titles and then clicks on play and voila, you're watching a movie. The whole process takes like 20 seconds. Instant, high-quality streaming. You don't have to wait for downloads or anything. Hey, that's, that's pretty cool. But this is just for laptops and computers, right? Well, yeah, for the time being. But... People are putting in home theaters and buying bigger televisions. Who's going to want to watch movies on a laptop? And, by the way, your laptop's connected to a high-speed internet, right? I mean, how many people have that? More young people are watching entertainment on their computers, and high-speed Wi-Fi is going to be everywhere sooner than you think. Reed, this is pretty neat, but how does this win against cable on demand? I mean, you only have, what, a thousand titles here, and look, I mean, scroll down. These are all... Um, excuse me for saying so, Reed, but these aren't exactly the hot new releases. That's the wrap on Netflix's new service. Cool idea, but too little content. So much of it, a little old or third rate. Well, thanks for having me over, Reed, and uh, good luck with that. As the journalist leaves, Hastings frowns. Damn, he thinks to himself. He put his finger on it. How do you get people used to this idea of streaming movies on a laptop instead of watching DVDs or ordering them up on pay-per-view? Most of all, Netflix needs studio movies, even bad ones, to make this happen. And Hastings has to accomplish all of this before the studios realize he's created his empire by piggybacking off their content and broadband network. If Reed Hastings can pull this off, Netflix lives. If not, the studio heads in cable will crush him. Enjoy a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies' Black Friday in July event. Get amazing savings with up to 50% off high-performance computers and tech built for business. And be able to take your office with you with Windows 10 Pro. Plus... Get great offers on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and more, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. And speak with a Dell Technologies advisor today. Louisiana's diverse landscapes include dense timber forests and seafood-rich coastlines. And every step along the way, you'll find a business environment that's strong, diverse, and ripe with opportunity. Need proof? Louisiana is where NASA and higher ed partners build rockets that will soon put the first women on the moon. It's also where the port system delivers the most domestic cargo in the U.S. And Louisiana is home to the best workforce development program in the country. See what Louisiana economic development can do for you. 
Visit OpportunityLouisiana.com today. From Wondery, this is Business Wars. I'm David Brown. In the last episode, Netflix vaporized Blockbuster with killer algorithms that anticipated what consumers wanted to watch before they even knew they wanted to watch it. Now Reed Hastings is about to introduce viewers to something else they didn't even know about, but would one day demand. Streaming. Back in 2004, Hastings ordered his engineers to create an easy-to-use video player and a device that would let users stream content straight to their TVs. Now the streaming technology was ready, but they still needed good content. Hastings summoned his content chief, Ted Sarandos. Ted, we got to cut some deals with the studios to stream their stuff and get these deals locked up now. Well, wait, I mean, what about all the independent filmmakers and producers you've been cultivating all these years? Surely we've got some good relationships with them, right? Yeah, 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 but, but we need mainstream stuff and lots of it. Well, Reed, I, I don't think they believe people want to stream movies. Uh, Ted, I, I'm willing to accept we might not get first crack in their newest stuff, but we need something. It's 2008. Sarandos and Hastings stand in the center of New York City's noisy Columbus Circle, looking up at the massive, brand-new, 55-story Time Warner Center. They walk into the jaws of the media mammoth. This trip will eventually become an annual pilgrimage for them. As they enter the building for the first time, Sarandos is definitely uneasy. Reed, I gotta tell you, I don't have a good feeling about this. It's easy to understand why Sarandos felt this way. They're here with what? They've come with some measly licensing money to spend? Sure, but they're meeting with the big man himself. Time Warner's smart, powerful chairman and CEO, Jeff Bucus. And when I say big, how big? Well, let's just take a moment to review Bucus's fiefdom. Bucus's empire includes Warner Brothers, New Line Cinema, and Turner Broadcasting, the Batman and Superman movies, the Harry Potter franchise, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Casablanca, and Oscar winners like Million Dollar Baby and Driving Miss Daisy. Oh yeah, and Time Warner also owns something else, the second largest cable operator in the country. And lest we forget, Time Warner owns HBO. So when Bucus ushers them into his office, they are eager. Bucus is wary. Hastings shows Bucus the demo of their new streaming platform. Bucus listens carefully as Sarandos makes the sales pitch. We're offering what is essentially found money for your classic movies and TV shows that aren't even bringing in revenue for Time Warner anymore. But as Sarandos wraps up, Bucus is annoyed, bordering on angry. Gentlemen... I'm going to cut to the chase here. You will never get HBO programming or, frankly, any of our premium content. Never. It's far, far too valuable. Mr. Bucus, please hear us out here. We're offering to pay a flat fee, six figures, up front, 
not revenue sharing. So we at Netflix would be taking on all the risk that people watch it. The answer is still no. Well, what about HBO series? <laughs> not in my lifetime. It's understandable Bucus is protective of HBO's content. He gambled big with original programming a decade earlier when he ran HBO and scored with hits like The Sopranos and Sex in the City. And on top of that, HBO relies on subscribers, just like Netflix. Now, Bucus understands that Netflix is in many ways trying to follow in HBO's footsteps. Start off by luring subscribers with whatever content you can afford until you're offering exclusive content, first-rate movies and television shows. He knows that eventually, even with this new streaming technology, Netflix will need that high-quality content to survive. But he'll be damned if he'll be the one to give it to him. With Bucus's rejection, Hastings and Sarandos come to a cold realization. They've got to lock down every content deal they can find now or be shut out of the market. Reed Hastings pushes his sales team to get the Netflix streaming app onto any internet-connected device that plays video, DVD players, game consoles, smartphones. If it's online and it plays video, we got to be there. We need to be front and center on every mobile device. Now, the idea that many people would want to watch an entire movie or TV show on a tiny smartphone screen does, in fact, seem a bit far-fetched to a lot of folks at this point. But Hastings is adamant. This is the future. Netflix launches Watch Instantly. But critics are asking, what's there to watch? Watch Instantly starts in 2007 with only 1,000 titles, a measly 1% the size of their DVD catalog. But Sarandos and his team work around the clock, and by the following year, the list of titles has grown to 10,000. Still, their efforts to get new movies fall short. Netflix's DVD customers are accustomed to getting the best, latest movies just a day or two after ordering them. But when those same users try Netflix's streaming service, let's just say the selection is a bit of a letdown. The titles are neither the latest nor the best. And Netflix users in chat rooms don't pull punches either. For the new arrival movies, I get to select from Precious, The Bounty Hunter, Centurion, Avalon High, and Exit Through the Gift Shop. Poor, poor, poor. Reed Hastings isn't really bothered by the chat storm. I mean, at least it shows customers are trying the streaming app. But you know that expression, content is king? Well, it turns out, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's a hard-working algorithm that burrows into customers' habits. See, it's not just viewers watching Netflix here. It's that Netflix algorithm watching the watchers. It sees not only how people search for movies, but how long they watch them, even if they say they don't like them. The streaming software detects how often a person watches or re-watches a scene, or skips past one, or even which actors appeal to which viewers, and eventually, which groups of viewers. With this information, Netflix develops an intricate behavior profile for each subscriber. This helps them assemble micro-audiences for different movies. One day, this information will be the gold vein they've been digging for. 
By mid-2008, Hastings' team had gotten a Netflix streaming app onto dozens of devices, including Microsoft's Xbox game console and the Roku set-top box. Nintendo's Wii and Sony's PlayStation follow two years later. Blu-ray DVD players come preloaded with the app. Subscriptions begin to soar. But something even bigger is about to happen. What the heck is going on down here? All of a sudden here, we started hearing screaming. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped more than 900 points. Fear came back into the market in a very big way. The major studios and television networks watch in horror as their profits and stock prices tank amid something that will be called the Great Recession. As it grips the nation, companies everywhere are desperate for cash, including big media. And sitting pretty amid the wreckage, Reed Hastings and Netflix. This time, when Ted Sarandos knocks on the studio's doors with cash in hand, the studio bosses are, let's say, more negotiable. Content deals start flowing. Newer, better titles, too. The global economy may be in a meltdown, but Netflix's fortunes are on the rise. Sarandos's biggest breakthrough comes in late 2008. Even with more content deals, Sarandos still can't get the newest, most popular blockbusters onto Netflix's streaming service. Those hot titles had long ago been locked up in exclusive deals with premium cable channels like HBO, Showtime, and Stars Entertainment. Sarandos knows where HBO stands, thanks to Jeff Bucus's unsettling candor. But Sarandos finds another, more willing partner, a smaller pay-TV movie channel called Stars. Sarandos convinces the head of Stars to sign over the digital licensing rights for a relatively paltry sum of $25 million a year. Cash is cash, after all. Suddenly, Netflix has a huge crop of Sony and Disney blockbusters ready to stream. Spider-Man 3, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Pixar's Ratatouille. This, yes, this is what Netflix has been waiting for. A chance to offer customers the same movies they can get on pay cable channels, but at a fraction of the price. For his part, at least, the president and CEO of Stars Entertainment, Bill Myers, is delighted with the deal. Netflix has grown to be an innovative leader in the home video space, and we are delighted to offer their customers our unique and robust collection of movies on a subscription basis. Sure, he's delighted. He's just got a $25 million lifeline. And like most of Hollywood, Myers doesn't see Netflix as a threat. No, 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 this is something new. This is a symbiotic relationship. But there's somebody else on the sidelines, someone who sees Netflix as a tool for his own success. You might say he's a tech guy who thinks different. One day, in late 2009, Netflix chief Reed Hastings walks into the cube farm where his engineers work, clutching a printout in his hand. Folks, listen up. I just got this email from Steve. Steve who? Steve Jobs. He wants to know whether we want Netflix to be the featured streaming app on Apple's new tablet device. Hey, boss, that's cool and all, but we're pretty slammed getting ready for the other product launches. Wrong answer. I don't care if you have to turn the schedule upside down. Folks, 
we're doing this one. Well, when the iPad launches, you know what happens, right? It's a sensation. As soon as people experience watching videos on their tablets, they're hooked. All those years of Netflix focusing on having the best technology, it's finally paying off. Netflix now has the undisputed go-to streaming app for the everyday viewer. Nothing will ever be the same again. Where's my order? Where's my order? Where's my order? Break free from customer support monotony. Welcome to Intercom for Customer Support, the business messenger that uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Intercom's business messenger resolves questions that can be answered automatically, so customer support feels less like Groundhog Day and more like help is on the way. Go to intercom.com support to learn more about Intercom's business messenger for customer support. Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance, or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Go to Investor.gov today to learn about these investment products and more. How much do you already know about investing? Find out by putting your financial knowledge to the test with their new investment quiz. Investor.gov is your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest, Investor.gov. As the fortunes of Netflix's streaming service rise, not to mention the company's stock price, the media titans of old remain skeptical. Time Warner chief Jeff Bukas is at a business conference in late 2010 when someone asks whether Netflix is a threat to Time Warner's business. It's a little bit like, is the Albanian army going to take over the world? (laughs) I don't think so. Reed Hastings keeps his composure in public, but privately... He's roasting Bukas. That Albanian army comment becomes Hastings' call to arms. He even issues Albanian army berets to his executive staff and takes to wearing Albanian army dog tags under his shirt. It motivates him to work harder to bury Time Warner and HBO. A year goes by, and Reed Hastings is at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, sharing a stage with the publisher of the Huffington Post, Ariana Huffington. So are you and Jeff Bukas still BFFs? Hastings happily pulls the dog tags from under his collar. Well, let's just say I'm proud to wear the dog tags of the Albanian army. (laughs) By the end of 2010, Hastings has a lot to crow about. Netflix is spending less on marketing but the number of subscribers explodes to more than 20 million while cable companies are stagnating or losing customers. Two little words would become cable's worst nightmare, cord cutter. They would also become a boon to Netflix. What could be sweeter? Well, for starters, Fortune magazine bypasses the CEO who pulled General Motors off the rocks to name Reed Hastings its Business Person of the Year. 
but employees who'd been on the journey with Hastings notice a change. The success is starting to go to his head. Bucus can't resist taking shots at Netflix publicly. At a conference in New York, he uses his keynote speech to warn his peers to protect their content, or at least cut better deals. Why should anyone subscribe to stars when they can basically get the whole thing for just about nothing? I mean, once you put it on Netflix, you really can't sell it anywhere else. And then, just as Netflix employees were retiring their Albanian berets, Bucus does it again. In an interview with CNBC's Julia Borston, the Time Warner chief waves a red flag right in Reed Hastings' direction. I would say Netflix is like a 200-pound chimp. It's not an 800-pound gorilla. But now, Hastings takes the insults in stride. With every new goal reached, he becomes more confident and less willing to listen, not just to the critics like Bucus, but to those in his inner circle, too. Over the next two years, Hastings forces out the executive team that brought him through the bloody blockbuster battle and through the early streaming years. Hastings replaces his battle-hardened no-men who field-tested his earlier whims with yes-men who do what he orders, no questions asked. And then Hastings does something even more dangerous. He stops listening to his customers. In late 2011, Hastings starts charging for streaming, telling customers Netflix would spin off its DVD-by-mail service as a separate company called Quickster. It would become a massive, self-inflicted wound. Under this new scheme, if customers wanted to use both DVD-by-mail and streaming, it would cost them. Netflix would charge as much as 60% more. This in a recession. Netflix spins off its DVD-by-mail service as Quickster. Is this the worst product launch since New Coke? Shares plummet. It's a debacle. About 800,000 subscribers quit the service altogether that quarter. And it seems like the rest have jumped on social media to complain. That Sunday, after the big announcement, Hastings summons his PR team to the headquarters in Los Gatos. Steve Swayze, the last of his battle-tested executive staff, arrives to find his boss looking haggard and unkempt. Swayze begs him to reconsider. Then Hastings tells Swayze his own idea for fixing the debacle. I need to apologize to our subscribers personally, and I want it to feel authentic. We'll put it up on YouTube tonight. Reed, I don't think you're creating an impression of confidence by wearing that uh, beach shirt and jeans and sitting at a patio table. Oh, come on, Steve. I I want it to look informal. Okay, okay, I I get it. But can we just get a professional camera crew and a little bit of rehearsal? No, no, no rehearsal. I'm going to speak from the heart. Well, it's almost painful to watch. The video stars Hastings and an uncomfortable-looking Andy Rendich, the new head of Quickster, And almost as soon as it hits YouTube that night, it is savaged by the press, by consumers, and by late-night comics. Yeah, and by the way, we know it's off-putting to see the CEO of a powerful company rocking a goatee and teal shirt, but trust us. (laughs) We know what we're doing. Thank you for your support. It took Netflix more than a year to win back its subscribers. 
Reed Hastings practically went into hiding because of the anger and mockery his presence evoked for months after the Quickster disaster. As he waited for customers to forgive him, Hastings and his team worked on the next phase of the Netflix revolution. Our goal is to become HBO faster than HBO can become us. That is on the next episode of Business Wars. From Wondery, this is Business Wars, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. Just tap or swipe over the cover art. You'll also see some offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them. Hey, if you like what you've heard, we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe, too. There's another way you can support us, and that's by answering a short survey at wondery.com survey. Don't forget to tell us what business war stories you'd like to hear. A quick note about the conversations you've been hearing. We can't know exactly what was said, but this dialogue is based on our best research. I'm your host, David Brown. Gina Keating, author of the book Netflix, wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Our editor and producer is Jenny Lauer-Beckman. Sound designed by Jeff Schmidt and Bay Area Sound. Our executive producer is Marshall Louie, created by Hernan Lopez for Wondery. Looking for the hottest takes and the spiciest celebrity gossip? Look no further. Welcome to Rich and Daily, the all-new podcast from Wondery that's going to bring you up to speed on all of Hollywood's most current secrets and scandals. Need to know what Harry and Meghan are up to? What's the latest in Britney's conservatorship hearing? We've got you covered. I'm Arisha Skidmore-Williams, and along with my bestie and fellow celeb news fanatic, Brooke Sifrin, we're bringing you the latest entertainment gossip every Monday through Friday. Is that rumor you heard about Rihanna true? If it is, you better believe we'll have something to say about it. So if you want to be in the know about who's been seen with whom and who's in and who's out, join us on Rich and Daily, because we don't just listen to the rumor mill. We give you the celebrity facts as they happen. Listen to Rich and Daily on Amazon Music, or you can listen to episodes ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. With Rich and Daily, feel the gossip. Wondery, feel the story.